Well, Labour is demanding answers over a move by the new coalition government to defer decisions for now on proposed changes to international health regulations as part of a as part of the coalition deal with New Zealand First. Now, New Zealand First has demanded there be uh, national interest tests first before any amendments to the WHO proposals are accepted. Now, the new health minister, Shane Reti, was not available to speak to Morning Report today, but his spokesperson said New Zealand needs more time to consider the changes. Labour's health spokesperson, Aisha Verrill, says the move is troubling. She joins us now. Kia ora, good morning. Morning, Corin. Let's start, uh, roll back a little bit here and just get some um, context about what is actually happening. So, the pandemic treaty that is being negotiated by 194 countries... Can you just explain what New Zealand has done on this, our involvement? We have, we are part of designing this treaty, which would be legally binding? Yeah, let's, um, a couple of things there uh, to separate out. Uh, after um, Helen Clark led that WHO review of how the um, uh, 2020 pandemic went, a number of gaps were identified in the international health legal system. Uh, some of them were in the international health regulations, which are basically the international equivalent of public health law. Uh, they've been around since the 1950s, and there's areas where they need an update. That is the work that's currently under under discussion, and that there has been amendments for those proposed, and further amendments are being worked on. The pandemic treaty is a bigger piece of work, and that uh, you know that would have. Um, I guess it's on a longer time frame and potentially uh, more ambitious than these amendments to the to the um, uh, international health regulations. And what did New Zealand have to sign up to by today or tomorrow? Yeah, today something incredibly uh, simple and administrative. Uh, we um, were uh, the um, last World Health Assembly in May 22 uh, resolved that when future amendments are made to the international health regulations, all the countries would have... Uh, 12 months to sign up to them rather than 24 months, just to make sure that this process of updating everyone's, of updating the regulations can happen in a timely uh, timely way. So New Zealand has now said, uh, I understand that um, I've, uh, we've committed not to um, uh, ad- adopt that um, amendment and therefore, um, and Dr Ressi wants more time to consider uh, this issue of how long it takes to implement these decisions. Mm. And national interest tests that New Zealand First wants to, that would be put in place. Um, so let's take an example here. So under under the either of these two mechanisms, the health regulations you've talked about that are being updated or the new pandemic treaty which is being negotiated, could there ever be an instance where the World Health Organisation demands that a country like New Zealand goes into lockdown? Do they have that power? Well, uh, look, I, I think that is um, not at all the sort of uh, proposals that are on the on the table at the at the moment. I mean, that's what, what people want to know. That's presumably what those who are worried about this, for whatever reason, and people call them conspiracy theorists look, or whatever. But that's uh, what they're I, worried about, find, right? Yeah. So, uh, Corin, I find that very hard to believe. That is not what the sorts of things that are being discussed in the international health regulations are. Things like the time it takes to. Um, for the WHO and the country that's having an outbreak to communicate at the time the WHO has to act on information, all of those administrative things that were a problem in the response to the um, initial outbreak in Wuhan. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. We, we, New Zealand signs international agreements all the time and has done for many, many years. We're part of the multilateral system, the Paris Agreement. 
Uh, but the question always comes up, at what point does it start to infringe on our sovereignty? Yeah. Are you so, confident, have you had assurances this doesn't, that we still are in control of our health laws? Uh, I think um, uh, yes, and that wasn't the sort of... Um, uh, No-one is proposing anything like... Um, uh, like that quite extreme scenario you just um, explained to me, uh, put to me, Corin. I think the um, thing to remember here is all governments always take a national interest approach whenever they uh, they sign a treaty. The um, and and I think when we think about the national interest here, it's worth just remembering the pandemic we went through. We had you know two or three years of severe health and economic uh, consequences. Uh, because an outbreak in another country wasn't dealt with in a timely way. And that's what this process is about, is about sorting that out. We stand to benefit a whole lot if other countries uh, get international support and information is shared in order to address mm. outbreaks. So this is going to meet a public interest test. Is that what you're saying? So this really, that really this is just uh, some sort of a gesture? Look, I think we should be confident about having the conversations about um, uh, about uh, um, about our, our interest in uh, reform to the international health regulations. I think there's nothing uh, nothing to fear there. But I, I do think that when um, uh, and very soon we'll know how other countries responded. We'll know in a week or so how other countries responded to that decision um, that was uh, to be taken by one December by t- by today. Uh, it is important to remember... Do you, do, that, on, do, you, do you think we'll be an outlier? Is that what you're saying? You think we'll be an outlier here? Well, we'll see. We'll see very soon, because usually you hear back how other countries decided in a in a week or so. Well, it's a, if, if it's in our interest to have other countries signed up to this so that, um, so, so that outbreaks overseas are dealt with and we're protected from them, then it's also important that New Zealand is... Uh, showing that we're going to participate to encourage other countries to come on board. What does what, what that harm? Look, we know we've been through a very divisive period with the pandemic. We know there is a section of the community that is f- fearful of authoritarian, what they argue was a heavy-handed approach on the pandemic. They, you know, As I said, some people will argue that it's conspiracy theories, whatever. Uh, what I'm saying is they're not an argument for bringing these people along, by, by explaining to the arguments to them, having a pause, f- taking greater effort to convince them of the merits of this. And I'm wondering whether that was something that perhaps was neglected. Yeah, I think the, um, I, I agree with your point that we should always be seeking to explain uh, why we're changing things. And I think, um, you know, New Zealand's pandemic communications uh, were hailed as being very strong at the time. Doesn't mean we couldn't do better next time, uh, and we need to learn from that. I think there'll be a number of decisions ahead of the current government that require us to learn the lessons of the COVID pandemic. I notice they've also got something in their coalition agreement about the Royal Commission. Yep, we should do that openly and transparently, but always with a basis in, um, in fact and reason as well. Dr. Aisha Viral, thank you very much for that. Labour's health spokesperson. It is 18 minutes past eight.